Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm Maddie. And I'm Amanda. And today we're back with another podcast from Climate Exchange. We'll be speaking with our class today on their opinions about technology. Okay, so the sort of statement we wanted to start the debate off with is technology is the solution to solving climate change. Discuss. Does anyone <laughs> have any opinions? <laughs> I think the main solution to climate change is changing our lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And technology can help us with things that don't, that are not solved in this way to do the extra bits. Mm-hmm. But I think the main thing we need to focus on is change our way of consuming. And mm-hmm. What living. aspects of lifestyle would you say are important? Well, I think so. Consumption in, mm-hmm. in the West we consume way too much to like. If everyone would live this way, then we would like be dead already, probably. Mm-hmm. So this needs to be changed radically. I think, I think that's the main does anyone disagree? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's lots of different factors. You can't just say, yeah, we're going to change what we do, and then therefore the problem will be solved, because it's not. And it's a, it's, a, it's a responsibility for so many different factors and so many different people. So you can look at it as a societal problem. Uh, there needs to be systems change. There needs to be changes to attitudes. Uh, we were just talking yesterday about how nets and reliance on technology is a form of climate change denial because you're putting, you're, you're moving any kind of responsibility off any kind of mitigation and saying, oh, well, here, over here, this will solve our problem um, and this will be the solution. But really, there needs to be something else uh, and not having any kind of authority or superpower to dictate how and when and in what respect people are doing things does, it just means that the whole system doesn't really work and we're not making any progress on mm-hmm. change. You said we need something else. What do you think that else should be? Like, yeah, I a hard <laughs> question. <laughs> if I knew that, then yeah. I would probably say. <laughs> is it like policy or like top down or is it like movements like groups spotting up, creating like communities that then like draw in new people and sort of then public opinion then shapes policy, that kind of thing, which do you think it lies in? Well, there definitely needs to be uh, multi-layered, multifaceted uh, global governance. Mm-hmm. So as long as we have some kind of global governance that works both horizontally and vertically, mm-hmm. then there's more points of contact, more uh, points that we can be, like more points of authority, basically, yeah. to, to, so hold account. to dictate yeah. and hold account, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but even then, by doing that, then you're filtering down a lot of what could happen and then creating more barriers for speed and um, other movements and processes. Uh, I mean, it's great that we have you know, the Paris Climate Change Agreements now, but how long has it taken for them to be written and how long is it taking for them to be implemented? And then, of course, then you need to talk about what are the consequences for not acting. And, and you can see that they're making progress, but it's just not fast enough and we're just not getting there mm-hmm. um, in, in quick enough way so you mentioned nets briefly there Uh, I know we've discussed this as a class before but do you think any of you that we should be investing in nets um, anyway as a kind of backup like maybe not necessarily regarding it as the silver bullet that will save everything and just continuing as we are until then but should we invest in it in some way just in case well, not just in, not because it should be just in case. Mm-hmm. I think that's a dangerous mindset overall yeah. to have. Oh, but this is a back a plan, a backup plan. We don't even know it's going to work. Mm-hmm. But uh, the idea of uh, like um, 
nests are still in interesting in that way because it's still something that's like under development mm -hmm. which we can develop further and see what the potential of that is mm -hmm. and I say you should like with everything else you would be kind of s stupid I think if you didn't like mm -hmm. try to um, at least somehow invest in developing and getting mm -hmm. it hey what is it actually we got here mm -hmm. what 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 have we found what can this be so, so I think if it was deemed successful for example, Bex or something, um, do you think there should be a large-scale rollout if it is deemed, like, I don't know, good, like, usable, uh, efficient? Depends on what the, like, downsides are, I think, mm -hmm. yeah. which we don't re really know. That was tricky to speculate, <laughs> yeah. Um, does anyone else disagree and think we shouldn't be investing in it? I don't know, but it does seem a little bit dangerous mm -hmm. in that it'd be very useful to have them in, say, 2050 if we've gone over the amount of carbon emissions, mm -hmm. gone over the carbon budget, and we need to like, start taking carbon out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. But going beyond that, like way into the future, does that mean, well, then, if you know, if they become perfect technologies, would we then start re-mining fossil fuels and burning them and releasing them and not changing all our world systems just because we could continue to... Some carbon out of the air. And, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly <laughs> how it would work, but it seems, yeah, that it would be a technology that could have a 10 year window of being useful and acceptable, mm -hmm. and then we'd have to somehow junk it. But that's really hard because you'd have to have some kind of global agreement to stop using it. Yeah. Talking of that global agreement, who would be responsible for sort of saying, like, it's a 10 year window? Like, who would. Yeah. Do you think it's worth taking that risk that maybe like it could be privatized and companies are just doing what they want with it type thing? Yeah, I don't, it's a really difficult question. Yeah. I don't know if it's worth the risk, mm -hmm. but you know, the world has agreements on not using certain technologies, particularly for weapons, mm -hmm. um, and no one sticks to them. Well, some people stick yeah. to them, but they are not well mm -hmm. stuck to or enforced. So, uh, yeah, the past doesn't have good precedent for the success of that. It's also really hard to predict the future anyway. You can't tell how things are going to be used. I'm sure that the inventor or the discoverer of gunpowder didn't think that it would be used in the way that it's being used now. Um, but certainly you can approach things with the positive idea. The problem with not investing in technologies that would help is that... Well, I think, I think we need to invest in technologies that would help because... There's, there's just, it's not, it's not going to work otherwise, basically. But then also at the same time, the technology is so complicated and so complex that it takes so long and takes so much money in the first place to even try and hash anything out. So is everyone kind of like in a consensus that we're kind of technology, I guess, optimistic for the future? Apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty pessimistic. Yeah, I also feel a bit... I'm also more pessimistic in the way because I think they are it, they are dangerous, like portraying them as like we oh but this might turn into like this perfect technology which will save us. Yeah. Because I think even if that were to happen, I think that is dangerous in itself because then we we, we would be too dependent on that technology and that is also dangerous from a long term perspective mm -hmm. because that makes adaptations if things were to change more difficult. It's easier to change if you have a like, more diverse or dynamic system, but if it's completely reliant on one source, 
and that source gets corrupted. You're screwed. <laughs> okay, so moving it slightly away from nets and more onto renewable energy, um, do you think that we should be trying to limit our consumption now or just sort of believe that we can continue consuming as we are and then we'll be able to get solar panels so efficient that we'll be able to continue our consumption methods but it'll be completely renewable that time? I think that we should lower our energy consumption because... Like China is one now one of the leaders in renewable energy. They're like installing solar panels everywhere, but they're still like one of the the most energy consuming countries. Like they've doubled their consuming, even if they have those solar panels now. So it feels like okay, like you're trying to cover up your consumption, and uh, yeah, I feel like installing uh, renewable energy, but still like mindsets should be changed to lower consumption. Does anyone have like a preferred, I guess, renewable energy technology that they think we should invest more in or less in? That you think is like the, like the future? I mean, definitely one that we should invest less in is biofuels. I think everyone, they, they were very tech optimist about biofuels, but then lots of researchers coming out saying that, you know, they're not actually CO2 neutral or they're still pretty bad for the environment because people chop down old forest or rainforest to increase land to grow crops for biofuels. So I think they definitely need to be like struck off the list of renewable energies. I disagree. I'm the seaweed person over here who is uh, very optimistic about things like biofuels that are grown um, out in the water. Uh, and I've done a lot of research into this and I found that actually there are carbon capture technologies within the algae because they do a lot to offset ocean acidification and carbon emissions uh, and they're really useful for doing things like this um, but as I said the technology is really complex and it's really difficult there are different strands there are different bio um, bioengineering concepts that you have to take into consideration into account so it's a lot of money it's a lot of research that needs to go into these things because there are you know over um you know over two million strands of algae for example uh so it's hard to know which one's the optimal one and and how to utilize it then you can use these for biofuels and it's also some kind of carbon capture technology so there are things out there that i think can (laughs) work (laughs) Uh, yeah, for those listening, I'm pulling a sceptical face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I mean, the majority of biofuels don't come from seaweed right now, so that's yeah. not, uh, I mean, it could be a cool thing for the future. But then also I feel, uh, I feel it feels wrong, the idea of turning the sea into another part of agricultural land, like turning all of our land into agricultural land or business land, it's, it seems a bit sad, and then the sea feels a bit like the last bit that's left. And then if we turn all that into a big seaweed farm for us, that it's a bit sad. I must say, I think the sea already is part of that farm system, unfortunately. We are, like, taking resources constantly. So I, I, I have a hard time to see the difference. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I need something to be positive about. Otherwise, I'll just end up being in this. And I think a lot of people <laughs> feel the same way. We'll end up in this deep chasm of despair uh, but there are, I, I think it's, it's important to look at things, because I completely agree, you know, you look at something and you see how monocropping has affected 
a lot of the land already, and it is it is sad, especially when you see things like palm oil plantations or um, lettuce fields and these stretching as far as the eye can see. But as long as it's contributing to biodiversity within the sea, which it does, uh, and other things like that, you see people who are now being more and more affected by hurricanes and um, other things, so they can't farm for oysters like they used to, or sea urchins, so now they kind of turn to kelp and kelp farming. Um, and it's not as glamorous as uh, fishermen, <laughs> I think, would like to think, but it's, it's something, and it does help, and you see how proactive they are about it as well, and they know that it's making a difference. I was, um, I know it's not a renewable energy, but I just wanted to get your opinion on nuclear power, whether you think it's something that should be expanded or whether current um, should be decommissioned. Well, I think it kind of depends on the country. Mm-hmm. If you could just build a nuclear power plant, it's fresh new, it's working fine. I think it's a bit of a pity to <laughs> shut it down and mm-hmm. replace it by like a coal um, energy-based system, but like looking at my home country, Belgium, <laughs> we got I think we got two nuclear power plants, which are very old. Um, Germany and the Netherlands are really angry with us for keeping them open because it's quite dangerous. <laughs> actually, this like every month they have to be closed down for a day or so because something went wrong. Um, so like in that context, I would I would close this. Plants and put some, and then instead of reinvesting in new nuclear power plants or um, making them more modern, I would go put that money in actual renewable energy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't really think nuclear power is the worst, but I don't think it's the best either. I also think that for energy, nuclear power could be a good way, maybe at least now until we have better energy sources, um, but I think it's really important to also think about the environmental problems uh, with the waste. Um, like now in Sweden, we have, uh, we have pretty like, clean and controlled nuclear, nuclear power, I think, um, but it still has to lay in the ground for like 100,000 years, uh, and they're building this now uh, the, for, the, for the waste. Um, and they don't really know what's going to happen in like even 20,000 years with what we're putting in the ground. So it's really like there are many risks mm-hmm. with it too. Yeah, there's yeah. a risk we're willing to take. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, I think we're pretty much on schedule, so yeah. we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you for all contributing. <laughs> <laughs> the statement we wanted to start up basically was technology is the solution to solving climate change. I think it might be a solution, but not necessarily the best solution. Mm-hmm. What other solutions do you think there are? Um, changing like the way society runs, I suppose, the way we live, the economic model. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. More deeper navigation opposed to mm-hmm. relying on negative emission technologies or anything. Sure. And like, how would you bring about those changes? Do you think? Do you think it's like? top-down or like community-led and like public opinion shaping policy or we need both we had a guest in one of our other courses his name is alan atkinson he works for the un um and he was like after hearing him speak he was so optimistic about technology um the price of solar panels i think we were talking about in the other uh, discussion before has dropped so dramatically these changes with technology are happening so quickly. Um, 
but at the same time, like Vita's saying, we still feel like we need a more fundamental change um, to get to really get to the heart of these problems. Sure. Um, so nets, generally, we've kind of touched upon there. Um, do you think we should be investing in them, um, even if maybe they're not the new solution? Should they be like a backup, or do you think they should be like the silver bullet? We should um, continue polluting as we are and just use them alone today. Like, what's your opinion? Uh, my opinion is that if we spent all the money that there wasn't research in these negative emissions technologies and just put it into buying big blocks of land and turning them into national parks, then it would be a lot less. Sure, so we should just like abandon them all together and divert all our funds? Or... Maybe not abandon them, but I think the money could definitely be better spent with like, technologies, technology and ruining the environment is worse what goes into this mess and maybe mm-hmm. doing something else might help more. Sure. So like hypothetically in like twenty fifty if we've overshot the carbon budget, like what should we do? Should we just like live with the consequences or invest is just in, in, or? invest sensibly, like what Michael was saying I think to begin with. You know, keep it ticking over. You know, there's no point getting rid of any investments or any sort of possibilities of using nets because they could well be the saviour of the day but at the same time opt as what they said as well for more deeper mitigation processes Um, because like you say if we do get to that point and we haven't invested in nets and it has been business as usual then you you have to live with the consequences Mm -hmm. unless you want to do something radical like I don't know knock off half the population or something I don't know (laughs) (laughs) the trajectory is that like to meet our, the carbon targets that we need nets, is that correct? Yeah. Similar yeah. scenarios required, yeah. large scale yeah. uptake. Yeah. So, I'd say... Yeah, in Paris, yeah. Do you think these like, mitigation policies and scenarios should just exclude nets altogether, and we should just try and meet it with mitigation alone, and then maybe like nets should just be like so on the back burner that they're not even considered? It needs such a radical change, though. Like it's yeah. pretty much flipping mm-hmm. most of the Western world and most yeah. of the world on its head. Do you think that's like possible? No. 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 Well, not while like <laughs> <laughs> not while there's like the negative emissions like, kind of hanging there. Not while there's like the option of this technological saviour. Sure. But I think it's such an opportunity as well. Like, it's the first time in history that um, the world has like come together and made basically a fund that people can actually make money helping the environment. So I think it's also such an opportunity. So I think it's a good thing that the, that the negative emissions target is there as long as we invest it properly. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I'm kind of moving away from, net, from nets and more onto like renewable energy. Is there like one technology you're particularly like keen on that you think could be like massive? Obviously you talked about the price of solar earlier um, and like also bringing in like nuclear what do you think like what's your opinion on that is that sort of a risk worth taking or should we just abandon it new zealand's nuclear free so i'll probably stick with that for sure do you think like current plants like in the uk for example should they be decommissioned once they reach the end of their life cycles or should we sort of reinstate them i mean i think what was it whose solution was it now uh one of our ex-chancellors' solution to getting rid of some of our nuclear waste a few years back was just to dump it in the North Sea and leave it there, and it caused such a huge pollution problem around the area. Um, so, you know, I, I think 
the gains that you can make from it um, are comparable. Um, you know, you've got good ones from renewable energies as well, technology. So I, I, I think there's a push. I, I'm, I'm not very optimistic that the UK will do that based on the current government proposals. It doesn't look good, does it? But I, I, I don't think it's personally a good idea. Sure. Um, they talked previously about biofuels and like um, that they were previously like thought of as like a solution, do you think biofuels are a solution or is it sort of damaging to cut down original forests to then make room for these crops? The problem is that the biofuels require planting area that might already be used for agricultural production so mm -hmm. that also is going to mean that you're going to have to try and increase productivity with a growing population on a lesser area of land so we can grow crops to make fuel. Mm -hmm. But it's more pressure on our already you know, stretched natural resources. So. I guess you'd agree then that backs would also contribute to that, so maybe it's the solution that it seems to be. So, in general, do you guys think you're more technologically optimistic or pessimistic for the future? I think optimistic, but I'm because we're kind of already in this mess. So I've just come from Norway and hydropower is significant over there, they have so much water. Um, so it's really just using what your country's <coughs> natural resources are for the benefit. So like, I don't think we'd have hydropower much in Australia, more solar. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of weighing up the, the natural resources in your country or you know, on an individual basis. Yeah, it's funny you say that because um, thinking back to the, the nuclear, I'm probably definitely in the minority here, but I mean, Australia, we have like 
one of the biggest exporters of uranium. Um, we also like let people bury it now. There's all the nuclear waste. Yeah, we're, we're not willing to like, put any nuclear plants. We'll just sell the uranium off to other people so they can do it. Yeah. 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 So do you think Australia should have nuclear plants? Uh, in my opinion, yeah, because it's, it's probably like one of the most ideal places for it. Like I said, like, biggest export of it anyway. I can completely understand why New Zealand would want it because Sounds it's pretty small island and yeah, they're right on a tectonic plate, but no, no tectonic plates. Like, uh, giant desert, one of the lowest like, density populated countries. Yeah. But also, the new nuclear power plants are quite different from the ones that we have in mind, like the, the ones that can actually be yeah. like, or yeah. right? They can as big as this house here, so very, very smaller than we, we used to have in the 80s, for example, yeah. and they produce way less uh, uh, reject. Is, yeah. that, is that the, the process thorium, as well? Hmm? Thorium plants? Mm-hmm. Is that the most yeah. Yeah. But even with uranium, I think they can uh, produce less waste in the end of the process mm-hmm. and make it in a smaller place as well, mm-hmm. and more control. Yeah, well, the, the, the problem was that nuclear was getting pushed out so much in the 50s and 60s that the technology just wasn't there yet so all the, all the power plants that have had problems or potentially might have problems in ones that were 70, 80 years old now. So just to conclude this, would you say that you're very much in favour of mitigation and but using technology wisely um, to sort of help mitigation rather than sort of clean up the mess that was quite improper mitigation? This is unofficial. Is it like the, when you mine it, like actually making solar panels, what they, whatever they're using it, isn't that quite unsustainably yeah, mined? Is it It's like a three or four year payback. You need to keep running for at least four years before it gets into like a carbon surplus. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, but the problem is making it clean as well during the it's, year. Yeah, expensive as well. And it's actually it's a misconception that. Um, there's it's the best place to put solar because as the temperature rises, the efficiency of it goes down. So, funnily enough, the best place for solar in Australia is Tasmania, which is like the coldest place. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of what, what it matters is the solar incidence, not, yeah. not the temperature. Not the temperature. Yeah. Yeah. But some of they are um, investing a lot in concentrated solar. So, rather than using the the cells that just use mirrors, that's like one central point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got one of them in Angstrom, I think, an example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it seems like that's what it's going They have them in Vegas too, but when birds fly through those mirrors, they get fried right away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been killing so many birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most care. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Investment in South Australia just last year, no, just this year, um, Tesla's in, 
designed a giant lithium battery mm. so that the solar power can be stored within the lithium uh, battery. Is that the one that they're spreading across like 10,000 rooms? Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's the plan. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah, the lithium batteries seem to be the next sort of step yeah. for storage of solar power. And then and then it goes again from, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you mine. Yeah, yeah, no, like they have a, a child or yeah. something. Yeah. But they have right. huge deposits <laughs> in Western Australia as well. Oh, yeah, that's all right then. But yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>